Hi, this is Julianne Price, and welcome to the Life, Edit, and Design podcast. Each episode, I bring you ideas and tips on how to design an intentional and more fulfilling life. This week, we're talking about sleep, and specifically, poor sleep. But before I dive in, I'm very excited to announce the new Life, Edit, and Design program. This program will help you design and live a life according to your own specifications. You'll be guided step-by-step through simple and fun life design process. And in the end, you will have a custom-built design tool that will help you live a fulfilling life. To find out more, visit lifeeditanddesign.com, and that's with the word and, A-N-D spelled out. So lifeeditanddesign.com. And now on to this week's episode. Again, we're talking about sleep. For me, sleep has been an ongoing struggle for I don't even know how many years. 20 years? I mean, it's not something that comes easily to me and I find that it's um, definitely affecting my mom you know she's in the same boat she has trouble sleeping and now I'm starting to see it in my daughter who is um, kind of a late teen almost into her 20s and so the couple things first of all why is sleep so important I mean it is it's kind of one of the most important things you can do for your health is getting good sleep And it's cool because, you know, working out is hard and you would think, okay, sleep is easy. So, hey, if that's one of the great things I can do for my health, I love it. Let's get into it. But sleep comes hard for so many of us. You know, I've seen statistics where they say it's only 20% of um, the population that's affected by poor sleep. But my experience has been it's a lot higher than that. But that's what the stats say. So I must know a lot of people with bad sleep habits. But sleep is when your body does a few things. One, it's the main time for healing to happen, right? All the other systems kind of shut down and it frees up your body. And when that brain is finally quiet, that great brain takes so much of your energy. And when that brain finally gets quiet, your body can focus on healing. And that's this is when you start to recover from illnesses, when you mend uh, injury. And also, it's also the part where your brain kind of takes a break, but it processes your day, the experiences from your day, some things get stored into memory other things get kind of released but it's a very important part of the day where your body gets to rejuvenate and replenish and get you set up for the next day and when you don't get sleep you know what happens right your mood crashes you have all kinds of um, you know short temper things grumpy things Um, you can't focus you'll find yourself maybe driving and being a hazard because you can't stay awake that's a huge huge problem right you, you can't stay awake and when you're behind the wheel you need to be alert and you know I've, I've had friends who've had accidents who just they didn't think they were sleep deprived and then all of a sudden they're doing a simple mundane thing like driving home from the grocery store and fall asleep behind the wheel it's very scary and you really this is you know, the most important thing you could do for your health i think even more important than working out is getting the sleep that you need and, and trying to get your head around why can't i sleep and what can i do so we're going to be talking about all the different things i've tried over these years and you know sometimes i've had success and sometimes i've haven't but we'll, we'll definitely get into that so again mood mental focus your personal safety your your health your well-being it's all tied into how much sleep you get and if you do research, you'll find that, you know, they say about seven to nine hours for the average adult. I've actually seen one where they said six hours was enough. And that was kind of a relief for me because I was like, wow, that's about what I can get on, a, on an average day. Um, but I think it's like anything in life. You are your own person. And while there's generic um, guidelines, you're going to be, you're, what you need is going to be specific to you. 
But what almost every site says is four hours, five hours is not going to cut it. Even if you think you're a functioning human being, you're really not. You're, you're taking a toll on your system. You're not getting the rest and rejuvenation you need. And eventually it's going to show up in poor health, poor decision making, poor mental, mental functioning. So that's the one thing that I've seen kind of constantly is you need something more than five hours. So six to nine is great if you're a functioning adult. Um, and again, one of the other things to take into fact is that different life stages are going to have a different impact on your sleep, right? If you have an infant, we all know you're not getting sleep. That's just the way it is. We've all you know, survived sleep deprivation due to an infant. It's part of you know, human nature. You're just, you're going to have to get by on less sleep. And that, you know, there are seasons in life where that's it's acceptable. I mean, it's, it's unavoidable, I guess is the better word. You're going to have those issues and the best you can do is the best you can do. You know, sleep when the baby sleeps, um, find people that can babysit every once in a while so you can take a nap. That, that is the way of life. So I'm not talking about those times of life where it's just unavoidable and you're going to have issues. And I'm also not talking about the times when you're traveling and you go through time zones and of course you're going to have sleep deprivation issues. So the better habits you can establish to help you when you're not in those times of life, that is what we're talking about here. So again, I'm not talking about those poor parents with the newborns. I feel for you, been there, done that. Don't wanna go back. <laughs> Um, so what, what are some of the, the causes for sleep? I mean, if you go, or sleep deprivation, when you go online, you know, you'll see them all, they all have the same causes and there's not much you can do about a lot of them. Um, one is it could be hereditary. You know, I've definitely read up on that and I see it in my own life that you, know, you start out sleeping fine, but then as you get older, you start to see the sleep patterns of your parents become your sleep patterns. You know, my mom's never been um, a good sleeper and it developed for me, you know, once I hit those infant years, you know, the toddler years, and I got past it, my sleep patterns never went back. I just always had trouble sleeping from then on. And now to see it in my daughter, who's again, just 19, and I start to see that she's having trouble sleeping through the night. So hereditary um, genetics is definitely a part of the factor as to whether or not you're going to have uh, sleep issues. But there's also physiological and psychological issues. You know, stress in your life is certainly going to be have an impact on how well you sleep but also things like a partner that snores, that could keep you up, or a noisy neighborhood, or flashing lights. Um, you know, some people learn to t tune that out, but if you've ever gone to someplace new, like stayed in a hotel, stayed at a friend's house, or moved, you know all those new sounds all of a sudden keep you up, right? So your environment has a big impact on whether or not you get good sleep. Um, and even stressing about not getting good sleep is a huge factor in whether or not you get good sleep. Um, or if you knew you have to get up, like, do you ever have a bad night's sleep because you knew you had to get up early to either catch a flight or, you know, go to work early or something like that, and that stayed on your mind, and all of a sudden you weren't able to sleep because you knew you had to get up early. All of those things can affect your ability to get a good night's rest, but it's when it's chronic, when it's time after time after time that you can't get a good night's sleep, either you can't fall asleep, that's one kind of insomnia, or you can't um, stay asleep, so you wake up during the night that's called, um, oh, there's a word, there's onset insomnia, which is when you can't fall asleep, and then there's maintenance insomnia when you can't stay asleep. And I suffer from both, uh, but mostly the maintenance insomnia where I can't stay asleep, I wake up um, during the night, so I might fall asleep okay, but then I wake up. And then, you know, it used to be a joke at work, I'd be like, oh yeah, those 3 a.m. thoughts, because I'm wide awake at 3 a.m. and my brain was going, 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 going. So those are kind of the causes, you know, your environment, your stress levels, um, again, any kind of toddler or infants in your home, um, sleep partners, all of that can affect your sleep. So 
we know it affects you, but what, what do you do about it? And when you go online again, there's tons and tons of tips about how to sleep. And I've read them all. And I, I think my biggest piece of advice to you is read up on them. I'll, I'll give you a whole bunch of tips here, but you have to be the alchemist in your life. You have to try things out for yourself because some work, some don't, but that's, you're going to be your experience and it might not be the experience of the person next to you. So the tips I want to give you, I want to give you kind of realistic, like, hey, I've tried these things and here's some of the tweaks so that as you're trying them, hopefully you can find something that works for you. And my, my number one tip is it's probably not going to be any one thing. It's probably going to be a combination of things that you have to try to see what works for you. So here's all the things I've tried and whether or not they've worked or not. Um, the first one, and again, varies by person, but light bothers me quite a bit. Um, if there's you know, if I go stay in a hotel and there'd be a microwave in the room and it had a digital clock, you know, that bright digital numbers, that would be enough to keep me awake. Or a smoke detector that flashed during the night. Or the light coming under the door in the hotel room. All those things were like, oof, that, that's too much. And in my own home, you know, I finally got rid of the digital clock because the light from a digital clock drove me nuts. But any kind of little light that might be on an adapter or power cord, that would be enough to disturb me during the night. So I had to get an eye mask. And my tips on eye, mask, eye masks is do not buy the cheapest one because they fall apart. You know, they'll, they'll snap right off. And look for one that's adjustable because a lot of times the cheap ones are way too tight and uncomfortable for you to wear. Um, I've tried the kind that had like a bean baggy um, consistency to them. And I found that they weren't comfortable when you rolled onto your side. So if you're a side sleeper, look for the flattest eye mask you can. Um, and look for ones that are black or navy, you know, at least have an underside that are black or navy. You know, if the top, if the whole thing is a color, a pretty pink or whatever, it's not going to be dense enough or opaque enough to keep the light from filtering in. So look for something that's black, that's um, adjustable, and that when you look at where the adjustments are, make sure that it's not something that's made right at the back of your head, because that's gonna be uncomfortable for you to sleep on some kind of clasp or some kind of slide. So look at how it's designed. Um, look at reviews. You know, Amazon's a great place to look. Um, I, mine was like a, you know, a couple dollars. It wasn't expensive, but it definitely, um, you know, I tried the cheapest ones and they were definitely not the solution because they broke right away. And you want it to be a good size mask so that it covers down along your nose because light kind of peeks up underneath that little crease around your nose. So look for one that's, that's good sized. And um, again, the black is important. And the, the fabric, you want it to be a smooth fabric because your eyelashes are gonna be rubbing up against it all night. You don't want um, anything fuzzy against your eyelashes, right? So look for a smooth, like a silk um, is my better suggestion there. So eye mask, if you find that any kind of light keeps you up, that's a big help. And also if you're, you know, the different times of year, right? There's sometimes where the sun's up at 4 a.m. And that is enough to disturb me. So I like to have that in my eye mask because it helps me not know what time of day it is. So I'm not stressing out like, oh, the sun's up, maybe I need to get up. And especially if you, you need to sleep in like say, on the weekend and the fact that the sun's up might throw you off, it, it definitely helps to have that eye mask to block the light. The second thing is quiet, right? This one's a little bit tougher, I find. I've tried earplugs and I've tried all different kinds of earplugs. And I can't find anything that does not make a crunching noise in my ear the whole night. So if you are um, somebody who's bothered by noise, maybe the better solution is something like a white noise machine. There are, you can find them at most department stores. You can definitely find them online. And if the, light, if the sound machine all night is too much for you, but you need it just to fall asleep, look for some kind of timer. 
Um, they have all kinds of smart outlets or just a general timer that will let it play for a few hours but then shut off during the night. So if you just need it maybe the first hour or two, that's a great way for it to help you get to sleep, block out some noises, and then allow you to keep on sleeping the rest of the night. So I've tried sound machines and I've also tried, um, I have sleep phones, which are headphones that are kind of like a headband. And so I wear the band across my eyes so it gives me that light blocking, but then has very soft earphones so that I can lay on my side um, or on my back and it's wireless. So I think they're called sleep phones. If you look on, I think on Amazon they have them, but you can find them other places as well. And I found that I could listen to a meditation at night and use these headphones so that I could roll from side to side. It wasn't wired to anything. There's no dangerous cord that's gonna wrap around my neck while I'm trying to sleep. Um, the only downside of those sleep phones is that you have to power them off. So if you fall asleep while you're listening to some gentle music or a meditation, that's the one downside is I have to remember to wake up enough to hit the off button. Otherwise they'll be on all night and the battery will drain. And that's okay if you want to charge them on a regular basis you know, very often, then maybe you just let it run all night in kind of a standby mode. That's up to you. Um, but you will have to charge them off. And the ones that I use now, I charge maybe once every two or three weeks, which I like. But again, that's another way to have something that, again, blocks the sound and blocks light if you look for those sleep phones. So I found that that was very helpful. And that's probably the things that I've used the most are the eye mask and the earplug or the, the sleep phones. Another thing that I find is again, the sleep meditations. So, um, I know Insight Timer has a lot of great ones that you can help you to fall asleep. And the problem I have with Insight Timer, which is an app that you can get on your phone, is that they don't shut off. So any app that you get for um, any kind of sleep meditation app that you want to use, look and see if there's a timer that can turn it off. Because if I leave, you know, the sleep meditation will eventually end. Say it's a one hour meditation, which is great. But then the meditation ends. Well, Insight Timer keeps running all night long on my phone, and that just drives me batty. Again, there's no harm in it. It's just if you want to make sure your phone is plugged in all night, if that's going to be the case. But I hate the fact that it just doesn't shut off. Like when the song is done, turn off. So you might want to listen to maybe Amazon Music or iTunes or something. So that when the song is done, nothing else plays and it just goes, your phone goes into sleep mode instead of having some active app running in the background all night long. But I find that those are very helpful for somebody who has onset insomnia where they can't fall asleep. Listening to a meditation is great. Um, I have one I love that's a guided meditation. So it does a body relaxation. Then it does this thing about, okay, you're in a car and you're leaving the city behind. So you're leaving your busy, busy day behind, driving out to the country. You're checking into this very quaint cabin and you're falling asleep in front of the fire. Like some of those are some really nice guided meditations. So look for something that resonates with you that you look forward to listening to at night and that really helps you fall asleep um, gently and then again shuts off so that you don't have to worry about um, the meditate or the whatever keeping you up the rest of the night. That's that's a big one for me. Um, other things that I have tried, boy have I tried a lot. The other thing is stressing about sleep and about your inability to sleep will make it worse, right? The more you worry about sleeping and your inability to sleep, the worse it's going to be. So again, anything that just says to yourself, hey, relax. You, know, you can record your own voice. You can make your own um, voice recording on your phone and play that to yourself saying, relax. You're gonna get enough sleep. You know, Any mental thing you can do, any nighttime routine that will help you not be stressed about the fact that you may or may not get a good night's sleep. 
is critical. So any kind of wind down routine that you can do, maybe it's a meditation where it's not a sleep meditation, but just a gentle relaxation, letting go of the day meditation is a great, um, or breathing exercises is a great way to wind down. So one of my other tips for you is to look at your wind down routine and see what you can do to get yourself relaxed and not stressed about whether or not you're going to have a good night's sleep. Another thing is blue light blockers. These are glasses. Again, you can find them online. You can find them in department stores. But they, there is the screen, the light from your screens, from your phones, your tablets, even your TV screen. They've found that this blue light uh, blocks the production of melatonin. And melatonin is that sleep chemical that you need to help you fall asleep. And if you're blocking that because you're watching some kind of screen with the blue light coming in, well, that's obviously going to make you have trouble falling asleep. And if you're like me, don't tell me I have to turn off all my devices because I'm going to check my phone before I go to sleep. I might be reading a book on my tablet. So rather than say, don't have any devices, I say, use the blue light blockers. Um, I bought a really cheap pair that I can wear over my regular glasses. So you can just get a pair and double up your glasses. Or if you don't wear glasses, then you can have you know, just regular glasses. Or you can even get your, if you have prescription glasses, you can get them with blue light blocker built into the lenses now. So. That is something that the jury's out for me. I'm not sure if it's helping or not, but I am trying it because I've, I've read so many articles about how the blue light is preventing you from um, producing melatonin. So try it for yourself, see what happens. Um, maybe it'll help you, maybe it won't. So that's again, another uh, tip. Then oh yeah, what else can you do? Um, room temperature is a big one I found for me and I have, some success with this. I have better success in the winter, right? It's easier for me to warm up my room with a small space heater, um, but don't make it too warm. Like a cooler room is better. And, you know, sheets, like flannel sheets, something like that. Um, whether you want to sleep with socks on or socks off, that's a big thing. I find myself taking them on and off during the night. Your body temperature is a huge factor in how well you sleep at night. So play around with what is the right combination for you. You might need something more, um, you might need more warmth when you first fall asleep, but then once you're asleep, you're good. Um, you might need a cooler room to let you stay asleep. So you have to play with that. And what I find is I can get through the winter pretty good. I, I My room stays cool and I like that. The summer is the killer for me. No amount of fans <laughs> work. I live in a two-story home and I just cannot get my bedroom cool enough to get a good night's sleep in the summer. So be thinking of that, you know, you may have to come up with an alternate plan if you're like me and you have this really warm house where maybe you sleep downstairs where the air conditioning actually reaches instead of the upstairs where it does not. Um, you may have to do something drastic like that to get a good night's sleep, which is just sleep in another, another spot or get a room air conditioner. You know, body temperature is a huge thing and room temperature, obviously, how they play together. But that is the thing that I find is the hugest impact on me in the summer. I just... I know if it's hot, I'm not sleeping. And that's at night after night of that is so draining so that you almost don't want to go to sleep and you'd rather lay on the couch. So have a plan for that. Um, pay attention, see if that's a very big factor in whether or not you're getting sleep and then come up with another plan. How are you going to get to a room that is the best temperature for you to sleep? Um, another thing is <laughs> if you're a woman and you're in one of that, that, that season of life called menopause where you get the hot flashes, again, related to body temperature, if you have hot flashes, you need to go to bed planning for that. Um, are there layers you can take off, socks on, socks off. For me, that's you know, the big thing. 
And I've also found, again, I'm not a doctor, so this is not medical advice in any way, shape, or form. This is just me telling you what's worked for me. Um, I found that evening primrose worked. My doctor recommended it for me, and it's, it's just a supplement you can take. Um, but I found that that helped with the hot flashes, especially at night. It took me a couple, you know, it took about two weeks, I think, of taking it where I started to notice the improvement. So again, this is not medical advice. This is just advice I was given and then I followed and found it to be helpful. So evening primrose is a great supplement if you find that hot flashes are something that's keeping you awake at night. Caffeine, another big thing. If you uh, drink coffee, they say past 3 p.m. Um, or if you drink any alcohol at night, those are things that can prevent you from getting a good night's sleep. It prevents your body from um, winding down. And one of my biggest tips for you is to get some kind of sleep tracker. And what I found, I have the Aura Ring, uh, O-U-R-A Ring. And what I loved about it was it tracked my heart rate. And I could see when I had caffeine later in the day or if I had a glass of wine, I could see that my heart rate didn't go down as low as it needed to um, or as low as I did when I was not having any caffeine or drinking a glass of wine at night. So. If you have some kind of sleep tracker, you can start to see how these different strategies help you or hurt you. So I was noticing, like I would drink a glass of wine and I'd get up the next morning and look at my sleep tracker and be like, oh my gosh, my heart didn't go down as low as it normally did. And it didn't reach its lowest point till say 4 a.m. when normally my heart would drop lower and it would drop around midnight or 2 a.m. Learning these things helped me to make a lifestyle that said, all right, you know, as much as I liked a good glass of wine, it's something that I just kind of dropped. Every once in a while, I may have it now, but, oops, sorry, my dogs are chasing a squirrel. Um, but I, I've noticed that you have to really look at what these different things are happening in your life and how they're impacting your sleep. And if you don't have any kind of sleep tracker, I know Fitbit has a sleep tracker. I know, um, again, I use the Aura Ring. So there's all different kinds of health trackers but you wanna take a look at how they're helping or hurting your sleep, how each thing that you try is having an impact on you. So um, that's one of the things I definitely recommend is some kind of implementation tool to see what each thing's working. Um, another thing I've tried are sleep aids, you know, different pills that you can take. Um, it's kind of like Benadryl without the actually antihistamine, but something that will help you fall asleep. I've tried that. Um, and they, it did help, you know, I got something, I think I got some Amazon brand sleep aid and I found it was a huge help. I was able to sleep, but the problem was that once you start to do take these, then it gets to the point, number one, where you start to get um, accustomed to it. So they aren't as effective. And number two, your own ability to fall asleep without a sleep aid goes down. So you really don't want to rely on these aids. I, I've gotten to the point where I take one maybe once a week after several nights of having a struggle with sleep. Then I'll be like, all right, tonight we're just going to take one sleep aid and hopefully get a better night's sleep. Again, I'm not a doctor. This is not medical advice, but it's something you may want to talk to your doctor about. Um, but don't rely on any kind of pill to help you fall asleep because the downside is that you are going to weaken your own ability to naturally fall asleep. So it's good for every once in a while. It's great if you know you're going to have jet lag um, or if you have an infant and this is like your one night to sleep, you might want to take a sleep aid to help you with that. But I wouldn't rely on that as a permanent part of your uh, sleep structure because it's just, it's not a great thing to have. Um, bedding, another big thing. Mattresses can definitely keep you awake. If you have an uncomfortable mattress, one that causes you to toss and turn all night, 
you may want to consider changing your mattress. This isn't an easy one, right? Obviously, it's a big expense. So what I did when I was you know, investigating, I've been investigating for a long time, how to get the best night's sleep, one of the things I did was I switched from a bed with a back, uh, box spring to a platform bed so that I only had a mattress. So when I need to update my mattress, it's not as big a deal because I don't need to buy a mattress and a box spring. I don't need to get a box spring out of my house. I have a platform bed, so it's just, if you know, if I was going to move, it's just something that folds up so I don't have that big bulky box spring to, to deal with. And also it's easier to replace the mattress because I can now do the bed in the box thing where you get a mattress shipped to you in a very small box and then it, um, it's shrink wrapped and compressed so much that it's something that you can actually manage. So I found that that's a better way to, if you're going to be experimenting with different mattresses, is to get rid of the whole box spring, go with a platform bed, and then be able to just change your mattress. It's a less expensive and certainly a lot easier uh, for you to do. So if your mattress is something that you need to replace, that is a consideration for you. And then what about naps? So if you're going night after night without getting sleep, then certainly you can try a nap. Um, I'd recommend almost like a micro nap, like a 10, 15 minute, don't, nothing past 20 minutes because that's really gonna throw off your night schedule. I personally try to avoid naps, um, but there's times where I just have to. And that's my tip to you is just, just enough for you to fall asleep, that 10, 15 minute power nap, and then pop up and do something. It, it does help, it does make you feel better, um, but you don't wanna make it so long that you then have trouble sleeping at night again because you've, you've done too much. So micro naps are okay, but again, don't make that a part of your regular routine if you don't have to, because then it will make sleeping at night that much tougher for you. So all these different tips to say, you have to try what's right for you. Oh, one other thing I did try, the Philips Stein bracelet. <laughs> this is um, a bracelet that has like a natural free electromagnetic frequency in it that is supposed to help you increase melatonin production, decrease stress, and kind of help regulate your body into a natural rhythm. Um, the jury's out on this one. They're kind of expensive, a couple hundred dollars. I got it as a gift and I've been playing with it for a couple of weeks. And I've noticed because I have the aura ring, I can see what my heart rate is doing. And I noticed when I started wearing it, my heart rate wasn't going as low, but the longer I've been wearing it, the more I'm starting to see my heart get back to that natural what its natural low is. So that's another thing that you can try. Um, but my biggest tips for you are, number one, you need a way to track the impact of whatever strategy you're trying. So you may not be able to afford an aura ring or a Fitbit, but you need something, even if it's pen and paper saying, you know, what time you went to sleep, how many times you woke up during the night, um, and you know, how many hours, when you finally got out of bed and what maybe rating your sleep on a scale of one to 10, like how well did you sleep? Um, you need to track it in some way because you don't know the impact of all your different strategies if you have nothing to measure it against. So you have to be doing some kind of nightly measure of your sleep, your sleep quality. Another thing with the trackers that I have, like even the Aura Ring, it tells me I got a much better night's sleep than I actually did, right? It um, will tell me I fell asleep in a few minutes where I know it took me an hour to fall asleep. So the trackers are not perfect. You still need to put in some of your own... Um, observations because the you know technology can only go so far so you need to be able to, able to put in your own sleep um, rating and adjust your tracker to say hey you know I didn't really fall asleep at that time I fell asleep much later and my quality of sleep was much worse but what I do love is that you know things like that my heart rate I can't track that um, my heart rate variability how 
how wide is that range? The wider your ranges of heart rate variability, the healthier you are. It measures your recovery. How well did you um, have some deep sleep and some REM sleep? These are things I wouldn't be able to tell myself. So I do like the trackers for that purpose. Um, but you definitely need some kind of way to track what you're doing. You need a strategy for when you wake up. Like if you wake up in the middle of the night, and this is the thing that I'm finding helping me is I just turn on the light and start reading now. It's just laying there, stressing about it. I mean, we talked about that mental state of, you know, stressing about the lack of sleep you're getting is something that can keep you awake. So if you're awake, you, if you're like me and you have the um, maintenance insomnia where you can't sleep all night, then just wake up when you wake up and read a book or do a word find puzzle or something mindless, something that's not gonna get you thinking. Like it's not time to read a nonfiction book, but you could read a mindless story watch a very simple, stupid sitcom that's not really going to be thought-provoking. Um, do, you know, word-find puzzles, jigsaw puzzles, things that are kind of restful, um, distracting, not getting your mind to think. Because you, you want to keep your mind semi-quiet if you wake up during the night. And I have found that this strategy is helping me more because I, I still have trouble sleeping through the night. But I found that if I get up, do this reading, and then go back to sleep, that second time I go back to sleep is a much better sleep than if I just stayed in bed tossing and turning for all that time. So you have to try those strategies. And my number one tip for you is to be the alchemist. Try different things. You have to, it's not gonna be any one thing. It's gonna be a combination of things. So you have to be willing to say, I'm gonna try the eye mask. I'm going to try sound. You know, Just keep going through the checklist of all the different things you can try that are within your reach. You know, Obviously, if you can't buy a new mattress right now, get that. If you can't buy a fitness tracker, get that. But you can do something simple like buy an eye mask, maybe a sound machine, those aren't expensive. Um, sleep in a different spot if you've got a partner that keeps you awake and if that's an option for you. Sleep on the couch on days where it's just too hot in your bedroom. Look for all the different things that you can do that are within your control and track your results. So sleep is key, that's my biggest message for you. You have to do what you can to get the best night's sleep you can and some days are gonna be better than others. But if you can average, you know, if you can get closer to that seven hour mark, then feel like, you know, give yourself a break. Then you know what you're doing, what you can. And yeah, it's not going to be a nine hour sleep, but at least if it's something better, if you see yourself trending in a better direction, you're getting a little bit more sleep than you got last time. All of these things are good things. And it's important. It's the number one thing you can do for your health is to get sleep and you'll feel so much better. So I hope you got some value out of this. Uh, I hope you can... Um, you know, I feel your pain if you're somebody who doesn't sleep. I'm right there with you. I've, I'm trying everything I can try. And there are days where I get better. And there are days where I have to keep on trying to improve. So good luck to you. I hope you get some good sleep. And we'll talk to you soon.